Hi there, my name is Bob Sake, and I've got an axe to grind. An axe to grind, maybe more than one, starting with the city of Colorado Springs. First, a little bit of background about myself. I'm a retired Navy veteran who has lived in this city for 19 years. What I have seen is huge population growth without equivalent growth in infrastructure. We seem to have city planners who think that they can straight-line extrapolate what's worked from the past and use it to predict the future. The problem is there's no map for where it is we're going because we've never been there before. The gold rush came and went. Us being the second Silicon Valley came and went. That tells us that we have to look elsewhere for future economic sustainment. Some have said we rely for 50% of our city's income on the military. Yet due to the unpalatable yet in effect sequestration of the Obama administration, we are looking at the military services sector shrinking. What that means is less troops to buy houses, less troops to patronize businesses, less government service positions for residents of our city, less DOD contract positions for retired veterans. We've got to find what is special about Colorado Springs and develop that. I believe that what is special about Colorado Springs is our creative population. We were designated a creative center by the state in June of 2014. Exactly what does that mean? We've had Library 21C established at the north end of town near the Chapel Hills Mall with a fully equipped audio and video studio. We have had the Tim Gill Center on the south end of town donated to Rocky Mountain PBS. Is there a place for creative individuals to gather and collaborate without someone holding their hand out and saying, pay us for the time and the privilege of using our space. Where are these public meeting spaces? How is Colorado Springs truly supporting and endorsing the arts? We are a city of over half a million people. That means we have big city problems. Yet we don't have streetlights on all of our streets. We don't have sidewalks everywhere. We've cut back our police force over the last decade and a half. And we don't have a reliable, efficient mass transit infrastructure. I'm sorry, but Mountain Metro is a pathetic joke. It takes hours to get anywhere. And last time I checked, they don't run on Sunday. It almost seems that our city would rather focus on revenue from traffic citations and DUIs because they are indeed very popular, or at least profitable, for the city but if we've got a shortage of police, instead of posting them at DUI checkpoints, why don't we have them on patrol trying to deter violent crimes, burglaries, and break-ins? Where are our priorities, Colorado Springs? We need to nurture our creative population. There are some who don't think that we need further business growth. We don't need an influx of additional population because there were those that thought with more bodies would come more tax revenues. No one thought about the fact that there are no tax revenues without jobs. I'm not just talking about working fast food or in the intellectual sweatshop of the 21st century, the call center. We have the Contact Center Association, which is headquartered here in Colorado Springs. They don't like to be called call centers anymore because of its negative connotation. I wonder why that is. They claim that there's no problem at all and the working conditions are fine. 
even though I have personally known individuals who have worked at call centers in this city, which seems to be the largest sector of employment, and they are held up or they are held to unreasonable and arbitrary metrics of performance. Things that don't truly measure customer satisfaction. We've simply grafted the metrics of the industrial assembly line and tried to slap them on ill-fittingly to customer service positions. And it doesn't work. Customers themselves have complained that it doesn't work. But nobody listens. Because money's getting in the pockets of the people who matter. Chief operations officer. The chief executive officer. Chairman of the board and the shareholders. I'm not saying that profit isn't necessary in our society. It is necessary to keep businesses operating. However, I do dispute the argument that the sole reason for business is to make money. Ethics and safety be damned. And even though there are laws that help protect employees to some degree, those laws no longer address everything that needs to be addressed. At the turn of the 20th century, most people were working 12-hour days, six days a week, and this included child labor. It took social reform to change that to five days a week, eight hours a day, and no children. Safety wasn't even considered in those days. People died in factory fires because there were no fire exits. Well, now the threat to health and safety isn't quite so obvious. Yet what of the stress-related diseases that so many Americans suffer from? We treat leisure as though it is a sin. It is a holdover from the puritanical Protestant ethic, which was inextricably linked with a Weberian view, that is Max Weber, of the Industrial Age. The Protestant work ethic. Work and thou shalt be rewarded. The devil finds time for idle hands. Europeans commonly go on vacation for a month or so every year. South of our borders, the siesta is common. The rest rejuvenates the brain and the body. Twelve-hour watch schedule, although more cost-effective from a manpower standpoint, is a third less effective from a productivity standpoint. If you have an individual working uninterrupted on a task for 12 hours, the last four hours of that task could be accomplished as well by a demented monkey. People do the stupidest things in the last four hours of a 12-hour shift. Those of you who have worked shifts know exactly what I'm talking about. The biggest mistakes, the most mindless, simple things that you would normally think of disappear. I say we need to develop creative industries. If we're not going to import it, take the existing population and train them in those skills. We cannot continue to rely on tourism and the military. We say that we support creativity, yet we raise the cost of admission. Everyone seems to have their hand out. When did schools start telling students, parents, that they had to buy supplies to share with the entire class? Why do you think that charter schools and homeschooling have become so popular in Colorado Springs? Because our publicly funded school system from the tax base has degenerated. Colorado Springs has been proven in surveys to be right near the bottom. 49 out of 50 in the United States for quality of education. I have two grown sons who have special needs both of whom had to get GEDs because the school was unwilling to comply with their individualized education plan. Yet this is the same state in which a young, able-bodied woman can have an unplanned pregnancy 
quit the job she's been trained for, and be supported by the state to go to school while they find a poor fool either through a paternity test or a written consent who agrees that he is the father, and then they garnish his wages for it, whether or not he may have a disability of his own which needs treating, and the woman is able-bodied. Because we think it's 1950, and that women are somehow unskilled victims who, without a man to support them, would not be able to raise a child on their own. There are plenty of examples of independent women nowadays that can do that. The state continues to treat women as though they're a victim when they're not. I'm originally from New York. I tend to speak out very passionately about things that I believe in, very stridently. I don't have any hidden agendas, and this really confuses people. What you see is what you get, no more, no less. A lot of people don't know how to take this. They think I'm belligerent. No, I'm emphatic. I'm a moralist. Didn't Jesus outrage the Pharisees, the money changers in the temple, when he told them to get out? Well, anyone who threatens the status quo of entrenched interests is going to be an enemy of those who benefit from those interests. I have been told that I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I am certain that I do. And if more of us did, I think it would be a lot easier for us all to get along because there would be no facades, no pretexts, no playing the role of Brutus to Caesar, where I claim to be your friend while I twist the knife in your back. I am an individual who is trying to build a cooperative of creative artists. The Tim Gill Center, gay entrepreneur, who gave a building in South Colorado Springs to Rocky Mountain PBS. Well, Rocky Mountain PBS is funded by private contributions. Yet they claim, if you are not a recognized charitable organization, according to the IRS, then you must pay them for use of their spaces. I have to be an organization that receives money that is tax-exempt, and then I can get free use of the spaces. If I am an independent, poor, struggling artist, I have to pay them for use of those spaces. Where is the justice in this? If we are to give our citizens a public voice, to simply allow them to say what it is they have to say, and then make that voice heard so that others of like voices can join in with them, and those of opposing viewpoints can debate with them why they disagree. These are the principles upon which our nation was founded. These are the ideals which were embraced by men, such as Jefferson, Franklin, and Ethan Allen. Nowadays, we think of freethinkers as atheists and radicals. These terms are not synonymous. You can be a freethinker and still be spiritual in your own way. We are a big city with a small-town mindset. We will implode upon ourselves economically within the next few decades if we do not change our approach to our management of our city and its resources. We cannot continue to thrive without a city-spanning, reliable, and efficient mass transit system. We once had trolleys. We covered over those tracks. We have freight trains that cut through the city. There is no good reason we cannot have automated commuter trains. It can work. It can cut down on DUIs, which means that the various bars and eateries that serve alcohol could increase their business if their patrons knew that they could go out there to enjoy themselves without having to take the risk 
of driving and getting a DUI, or having to save money for a rather pricey taxi ride, or having to find a teetotaler friend, at least for that day or night, to drive them there and back. There is a lot of creative potential that remains untapped in Colorado Springs. Perhaps it is because of the vested interests of big business. Why and when did the Colorado Springs World Arena become property of the richest 10% in Broadmoor? Is it no longer the cities? Is Broadmoor a separate city? Perhaps they should secede. What of those who are working class? What of those of us who are retired military? Why is it everywhere I turn? Everyone says they have no money and they need a handout. But this has been Bob Sake with I've Got an Axe to Grind. Thank you for listening.